You're listening to the Vibrant Leadership Podcast with leadership speaker and consultant, Nicole Greer. Welcome to the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. Today, it is my absolute delight to bring to you one of the people I have worked alongside and see his leadership in action. It is Chief Jerry Stokes. He is the Chief of Police with the City of Salisbury, and he is an inspiration to me, and I'm delighted he's on the show today. So, uh, Chief Stokes, can I call you Jerry for this little intimate conversation? (laughs) Okay, well, how are you doing? How are things in Salisbury, North Carolina? Yeah, we're surviving COVID and trying to be as normal as possible, but yes, I'm, I'm probably better than I deserve, so yes. That's great. That's great. Well, you are one of these frontline folks that is taking care of business despite all of our crazy COVID nonsense that's going on. So I'll just say for everybody who's listening, we're grateful, grateful, grateful. And you are one of the leaders that I work alongside. And I am absolutely delighted to ask you this question because I've seen your leadership in action. But how would you define leadership? You know, I've, I've thought about this question and you know, there are all those classical definitions that uh, from those academic, uh, I guess, uh, definitions and that, you know, situational, autocratic, democratic, laissez-faire even's in there. Uh, but you know, those are, to me, a little more management than maybe leadership styles. And uh, so I believe leadership is really kind of mindset uh, and principled methods of getting people kind of to do what what you need them to do or the right thing. Uh, you can use those academic, you know, definitions as a way to manage uh, your leadership. But uh, for to be a true leader, you, you have to be an inspiration to people, an example and an inspiration to people and uh, to get, get them to do what they need to do and rise to their abilities and, and meet their uh, true expectations and, and what they're capable of doing. Uh, if you inspire and grow folks and they become good employees or, or good citizens, what have you, themselves, that, that's what makes you a leader. Yeah, and I, I have seen you do this first thing. So, so how do you inspire people? Like, let's just go a little deeper right there. How, how exactly do you inspire? Because here's, here's what you need to know about Jerry is that, you know, he's not a flashy guy. He's like calm, cool, collected. He's almost stealth. So how does a calm, cool, collected guy like yourself inspire people? Well, it's so I think being present a lot and, you know, for in police leadership. So I'm administration. So there is that classic divide of we're out here doing the work. Uh, So, you know, I go to the the scenes and and the incidents and, you know, and kind of get my hands a little dirty. So, you know, I think that inspires folks as well to to, well, you know, the chief's here and, you know, appreciates what we're doing. And uh, I think that too, uh, showing people that you appreciate what they do, uh, even, hey, great job passing in the hallway, but also look for those opportunities to uh, recognize people formally. Uh, you know, we have, a, uh, I guess, a policy or, or, uh, systems in place to 
give officers ribbons to put on their uniform, which are very formal ways of, uh, you know, saying they did a great job. And that really inspires seeing, you know, my, my coworker got recognized for the great work that he or she did. And that's going to, you know, help me say, you know what, uh, I'm going to step up too and, and try to do something to be recognized as well. I'm getting a lot of sun shining through. So That's talking. okay. You look, you look good right now. It's yeah, okay. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's great. I, you told me one time that very same thing uh, that you had something really big going on and uh, you went out to the scene, but when you get out there, you don't take over. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that true inspires people. Uh, so uh, I'm not a, uh, what's the phrase, a, uh, uh, not an expert at one thing, but, you know, uh, uh, halfway jack of all trades. Yeah. Jack of all trades and master of none. That's it. That's the phrase. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. So, uh, I know myself that, you know, when I get out there, that there are people that are much smarter at me than me and doing whatever happens to be going on, be it, you know, this type of crime scene or this type of incident. So they're much better at that. And, and, uh, you know, those simple questions of what you need and how can I help rather than this is what you need to do is, is sometimes what you need to make sure that as a leader, you're, you're not, uh, uh, you know, overriding good sense and, and uh, letting people do their job. I mean, they want to do their job. They know they can do it. They know they're skilled at it. And for you to come in and say, Oh, let's do it different and be, and not be the expert, then, then uh, you're not going to inspire folks and you're not going to lead well. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I don't think that um, doing police work is any different than doing, like, say, working for a bank or something else. It seems like everybody's job is getting more and more technical. Like, you've got to know this little piece of software or you've got to know this little piece of, uh, you know, doing police work. And and so not not one human can learn all that. So leaders are really having to rely on their frontline people to understand all the details and, and to let them kind of lead themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's important. So what are the most important skills uh, that, that, you know, like a a chief of police needs to have, you know, I I have the privilege of working inside of a little organization called um, law enforcement management Academy uh, down in Monroe, North Carolina. And, you know, all the people that come to this want to be, the chief someday, you know, these are the rising leaders. And so I'm planning on sharing this podcast with them. So, you know, what would you say was the secret to getting yourself into the the chief seat? So I think, you know, I've always been genuine person, very, you know, matter of fact or frank and honest and, and the honesty for our profession is absolutely the most important thing, never compromising and never losing integrity and being thoughtful about, you know, what you're doing and, and how this is going to affect people. Cause we have, uh, unfortunately have, can have, our actions can have significant effect on people's lives. So, you know, understanding that power and, and using it wisely and particularly for leaders and, and supervisors and being out there and, uh, you know, making sure that folks are, are doing the right thing and for the right reason. Uh, and you know when you're out there walking that walk and talking that talk and uh, doing what you say is important, you know I can talk about 
ethics and integrity all day long. And if I don't demonstrate that, and even in my personal life, right? So, you know, as a chief, you know, the newspaper would love to run a story about me getting drunk at a bar or whatever. Well, I, you know, that, yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that would damage my leadership significantly uh, if, if something like that were to happen. So I've got to walk that walk and walk that talk and say, you know, you've got to have integrity. You've got to uh, be honest and, and uh, you know, like I am, you know, and you're not necessarily saying like I am, but, you know, you're, you're demonstrating that. Uh, and remember, everybody started from the bottom. And that is absolutely something that you can't forget is where you came from. And th- th- I think that probably... For me, I have always remembered those stumbles that I had when I was brand new and in field training and a long, long time ago uh, right. with a veteran officer and didn't know anything. I was fresh out of the academy and everybody thought I was you know, probably going to last for two weeks like they do just about every new officer around here. And uh, they, you know, remembering that and that uh, you know, it's, it's okay. They're going to make mistakes and, and we don't take it personal. We're going to correct. And, you know, sometimes, uh, people make significant mistakes, but most of the time it's just, they didn't know what to do. So particularly when they're young and new and not forgetting that, uh, you know, when I was young and new had people treated me in, you know, a disrespectful manner, I may not have hung around, but fortunately, uh, you know, generally fairly respectful to me when I was younger and, and wanting to help me and coach me. And that's, that's, what's important. You know, uh, I, I can have all sorts of leadership knowledge and institutional knowledge, but if I'm not sharing that and, and helping people along the way, then, then I'm not a successful leader. And another thing is don't take it personal, right? People are going to criticize you. And, and I've, you know, particularly as a chief and nowadays uh, people are very critical, but you know, I can't take that personal and, and uh, my folks might be critical of things I do or say, and I can't take that personal. And, but uh, you know, maybe those are learning opportunities for me too. Maybe, well, had you know, the department done X, Y, or Z, or you as a chief done X, Y, or Z, well, you know, I can dig my heels in and be mad about that. Or I can say, okay, well, probably could have done that better. And then for the next time, look at that uh, and got to make sure you care for your people, care about and care for your people. Uh, I worked for uh, a chief one time who publicly made the statement of uh, they don't like it. They can be successful somewhere else. Oh. And they were, yeah. And ran out the door and that, that you, you, you have to act like you care about people and what they think and what they feel. And, uh, you know, even if it has some, doesn't have some validity to it, you know, that's where people are and kind of understanding that. And, you know, and then of course you got to help them understand why, you know, why things are different than you're seeing it. Uh, but really, you know, caring about people and, uh, even when they're testing your patience, you know, that, that 10% of those folks who were you know, 90% of your problems and uh, not being mad and, and uh, you know, still asking how your kids are, that sort of thing. That, that's important. You know, this isn't personal to us. Uh, and 
again, meeting your folks where they are. Got to adapt to them. Uh, can't, can't, you know, you, you certainly need to set a vision and a tone for your organization, but you also got to understand where your folks are and meet them there too, to help bring them along to your vision. Yeah, I love what you're talking about. So you talked about a lot. You you talked about, first of all, integrity, which uh, to me is this developing people's character. And uh, we've done a lot of work at the city of Salisbury with, with the police uh, talking about, you know, what qualities or what character traits do you have naturally? Do you overuse them? And then on the opposite side of the scale, what are the character traits you're not using at all that if you just applied those, uh, we, we did the tilt together. So uh, I love what you're talking about. And, and it's no mistake. It's no mistake. It's not uh, something we're kind of going to avoid, but we know that the police are under a lot of scrutiny right now. And one of the things that I think you do for your team is like, despite all the things that are going on, uh, you bring them training, you bring them coaching, you bring them this, this steady, um, dare I say it, loving attention, you know? And uh, I think that, I think that your team really, really, really respects you for that. So I think that's awesome. So, so the flip side is, is where, where do, where do people get themselves in trouble? Like if you look at, all the young officers and maybe some of the older officers that you you work with, what are the little traps they get into or, or places they get into that makes them less successful or makes people struggle? What do you think, what do you think police officers get themselves into? So I think certainly the, the integrity issue, uh, which is fortunately a very small portion of people in this profession, we do a really good job of vetting folks to get in and, you know, takes dozens of folks to get one person in because past behaviors predict future behaviors. So if you can't, can't, uh, we can't give you this awesome power that you're going to have as a police officer without having a good background of being able to, to make good decisions. So, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, and and I think that's where you know those few that kind of that rotten apple and the whole barrel th- sort of thing. So we also need to make sure that we're holding, uh, n- not wanting to be held accountable. That that's you know even holding uh, a willingness to hold my coworkers accountable as well. So if we we talk to folks that are uh, you know witness a crime. You see something, you better say something because we can't solve a crime. Well, you know, this is a profession. And if you see something going on, if you don't say something, uh, it's hard for me as the chief to ensure ethics at three o'clock in the morning because I'm usually asleep at that time. So you're you're out there with your coworkers. and, And if somebody's doing something wrong, I get the understand or the kind of perspective of, you know, we're out here covering each other's back, but we also can't have folks in this profession that aren't upholding that integrity. So that, that's where, you know, the, the new cops kind of lose some, end up outside of the profession uh, is when they lose that integrity. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, and we know lots of things about lots of people and have the ability to find out lots of things about lots of people just because of the data systems and understanding that, the, you know, you are, are responsible uh, for only using that for the right purpose. 
and not being able to talk about it with your neighbors and those sorts of things. You know, unfortunately, those are kind of the areas where we get into trouble is when we when we want to you know check out the pretty girl that went by and see what her name is and you know that sort of thing. So yeah, oh yeah, those, that that has happened. I've seen that happen. So yeah. Uh, and now we know where she lives, where she yeah, works. Yeah, <laughs> and it's completely inappropriate, you know, to do stuff like that. So, but and and otherwise, um, it, you know, it's it's a trying profession. It's it uh, it it will uh, it'll draw you in and make you uh, a very negative person if you let it, and that's probably for you know, more than the integrity issues is living. With I agree. The, I agree. That cynical thing turns on or right, something. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and being able to combat that. I mean, I've, I've frankly, I've struggled with that in my life is that being cynical and, you know, the, these people aren't worth anything because, you know, next week they're going to be doing the same thing. But, well, you know, that's not, not kind of how you need to approach this. And, if you let that overtake your thinking, uh, you know you're not going to be successful at this, and you're not going to not going to do what you're supposed to do. That's right. That's right. So it's that balance between caring about humanity, uh, but being bold enough to take action and make sure everybody is safe. You know, you have to have the courage to go out and be a police officer, but at the same time, the people that are out there, you got to have, you got to care for the humanity that's involved, right? Oh, so yes. uh, it's that balance. We're back to that tilt model again. So that's that's really really great. Well, I want to ask you um, a question. I'm going to surprise you with a question. So get ready. Um, okay. But you know, one thing I know about you is like, you're personally disciplined. Like Jerry, the, the non-chief is a disciplined guy. That's what I witness. And you know, one of the things in my coaching methodology is we look at habits. So my coaching methodology is shine, S-H-I-N-E, and the H is habits. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how does a police officer, how does a leader, how does a chief keep himself healthy? What habits do you have in place that keep you so that you can be this man of integrity. Well, you know, there there's the physical health side, and you know, making sure you're exercising and and eating right. We notoriously in police work eat horribly. Uh, you know, I, I started off with a 29 inch waist when I came into the profession. I haven't seen that for a very long time. <laughs> but, you know, and, and of course that physical health translates into some mental health as well. The other part to that is uh, you really, really got to have outlets uh, that you enjoy that are not necessarily police related. So not that there's anything wrong with like target practice shooting, but that that's, you know, kind of police thing, right? You're carrying right, a right. gun all the time. If you if you enjoy that, but find something else and look for something way outside and art is way outside the box, but maybe there's something you can do kind of that is completely flip side of this rough, tough exterior police officer thing to escape from all that. And then make sure that you have uh, outlets and friends who are not in the profession. 
you, you kind of got to get away from it on occasion. And, I, and I've told this to recruits in the past, uh, you know, they were coming out of the academy. Uh, don't, you know, we, we are very, uh, very much, um, you know, keep our friends close who are usually cops. And uh, my wife's not a police officer and, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, we have friends who are well outside of the profession and you know, even uh, if it's going to be a church or what have you, that you're really engaged in that and, and something to kind of keep you uh, focused on the good side of humanity because, you know, we see lots of negatives. I mean, we do see lots of good as well, but it's, it's a lot of negative you get to see. So uh, getting a break from that and, and uh, you know, to see something completely different. Right. And, and we were talking before we started the podcast about the fact that you're a runner and you've got, uh, he's so, he's so humble, but you all need to know, like back there on his wall there in his office somewhere, there's this big thing of like, you know, different medals from different runs he's been in and that kind of thing. Well, what is the hobby that you do that is left field? Would you share, dare I ask? Right. So I, I do a little painting of sort. So yeah. Really? I did not know this. I learned something new every time I talk to you. What kind of painting? So it, it's with airbrush and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, that is so cool. All right. Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. Okay. So let's say you were uh, mentoring a very special listener. Uh, you know, there was somebody on here who was thinking about becoming a police officer or getting into public service. Uh, what piece of advice would you give to them? Uh, never, ever stop learning, mm. right? Uh, even as a, you know, six months out of the academy patrol officer, training opportunities will come up, uh, listening to a podcast, whatever, uh, it, it doesn't matter. But keep learning and keep, uh, to keep your skills sharp and to kind of get that, uh, you know, master of none, but, you know, familiarity with a lot of different stuff, uh, you know, just kind of developing your, your, where you're going to go as well. So if you go to these different trainings and you listen to what people have to say, and, uh, you know, I, I went to an auto theft school one time and that was interesting. And then I went to a homicide detective school and then that was pretty interesting. So, right. I ended up being on a homicide squad uh, for part of my career, uh, which was, you know, based on what I was exposed to. Uh, I used the auto theft school several times during my career, you know, when I, when I came across stuff, but again, just, just never, ever kind of getting stale and, and not wanting to go to training and not uh, looking for something different and, and uh, you know, than, than you have been to before. Uh, and leadership uh, positions, you know, those first-line supervisors and, and on up into middle management, uh, you constantly have got to be looking for uh, those different types of uh, leadership courses. All of them, you know, have their own little twist to it. Right. And you can take a little bit out of each one of them, right? Because you're going to develop your own leadership style. And it's probably not going to be, you know, I'm a laissez-faire leader or I'm a 
autocratic, you know, you're not going to fit within a box. You're going to have your own way of leading. You're going to have your own way of having, you know, those different little things that you do to be a successful leader. Hopefully not too many things that you do that make you unsuccessful. But right. And of course, you know, if you go to different courses, it can help you understand where those gaps are that you're not doing real well at and kind of improving yourself. So it's a constant improvement and you've got to do that in this profession probably every profession. I don't know. I've never really worked anywhere else, but every profession as far as, you know, constantly improving and for supervisory uh, skills, that that's super important for always, you know, those intelligence, uh, um, emotional intelligence kind of assessments, you know, the path elements and all those sorts of different little things. And I've done tons of them over my career but each one of them told me a little bit about some little part of my personality that, that, you know, helped me understand and probably be a better leader. Uh, because again, you, you're not going to fit in a box. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. I mean, it's not like a one and done on these assessments. And like you said earlier, when you want to become a police officer, there's this battery of assessments that they take in. And I've had the privilege of um, seeing some of this. And so, you know, when you think about, you know, seeing your fellow police officer out on the streets, this person's been seriously vetted and it's a solid guy or gal. That is absolutely for real. But uh, I heard you say a couple things. You need to have a growth mindset if you're going to be a leader, right? So it's just like, I've got something to learn, which is so funny because I think a lot of times, you know, you get into a position and I love what you said earlier, said, we're going to give you this job with all this power. Wow. That is a, that is a really cool way to look at it. Um, You get, you could get a little ego trip cooking, right? And, and understanding that, no, you've always got something to learn and then doing these assessments and like holding it up like a mirror. Okay. Is this true about me? You know, maybe not be a hundred percent, but oh, that that little thing right there—that is absolutely true about me, and I should pay attention. <laughs> so, turning the mirror inward is what I like to call. So that's right. self-assessment. Yep. That's the uh, S in my coaching methodology, which is to look in the mirror and go, "What's it like to experience me? What is my deal?" You know. So I think that's really, really important. Very, very valuable what you shared. So I, you know, one other thing I want to say because you won't toot your own horn. I know that. Uh, I know that we, when you came to the city of Salisbury and now that you have been there, uh, you've had a real impact like on the numbers. Um, so it, it's not just, you know, inspire your people, but it's like you got to do business too. And uh, one of the great things about you is I know you get business done, meaning lowering the right numbers and, you know, making the other numbers go up. So another question kind of off the board here, but what, how, how did you do that? How did you come in and, and figure out how to take the numbers the right direction? Cause you absolutely did that. So it's a, you know, we talked about that growth mindset and uh, I was fortunate to come from a department that sent me to lots of growth training. And one of them I went to uh, at Boston university uh, and it was for three weeks, we sat up there and talked about uh, focused deterrence and crime reduction strategies. But unfortunately, my department was kind of played at it, but they didn't do it really well. So, but I knew these concepts, right? So, and they work, right? Everybody says they work academically, you know. They right, can, researched and all that. Yes. So, 
when I got the chance to come here, it's kind of like, okay, well, here's your clean slate. And you've got to make these sort of things happen. So th- here's our problems. And, and uh, you know, you talked about all these, these things, do it. So I, and then I had to know that, okay, I know these concepts and I've tried to walk it, but I'm not, you know, an expert at this. So actually I went out and got somebody that was an expert, right? And, and you know, I, I probably could have meddled through with this and, and made it okay. But, you know, I happened to find somebody who really knew it well and had done it. Uh, so that that's another thing for a leader is that, and, and again, understanding that, you know, I don't know everything and I know, uh, you know, academically, I know these things. And if I don't know how to do them, I need to make sure that I go out and find somebody that can help me get there. So nobody around here in-house knew that, but, you know, brought somebody in from the outside to help me. And, it, you know, I think that, you know, understanding this, this is a vision I have and I'm, I'm kind of assessed what I needed to do and where we were. And then, okay, this is what I got to do to make us successful to get there. And again, so it was bringing these, somebody who was very capable of doing that and had, and knew the concepts academically, but also had done them operationally. So, you know, put them in a significant leadership role and kind of support them and yep, let's, let's run with this and let's do this. And, you know, helping them do the things that I could do, like the budget and what have you, you know, those are all my responsibilities. And, but, you know, okay, we need money here. All right, let me figure out how I can help you push money over there uh, in the budget and, and do things differently than we're doing it. And being, you know, being willing to be creative about that, and uh, so you know, we brought in the, all these concepts, and now we're uh, really headed in a good direction. Uh, you know, we were at a twenty-year low, and we know it's twenty-year because we only uh, go back at least have I that much find, data. Yeah, I only have that much data, so it could <laughs> be lower than that. Uh, as a matter of fact, somebody gave me a nineteen eighties uh, news article about the city and. Uh, we are, it's way more than 20 years, uh, crime reduction. And, uh, you, you know, these things work and we, we were able to get it down in a re- relatively short amount of time. And I think that was because the people that were here knew they needed to do something different, right? They knew what they were doing. They didn't have a good direction. They, they knew what they were doing wasn't necessarily solving the problems. I mean, they were reacting to the problems. So everybody kind of embraced it and jumped on board. And I think that's what uh, helped us bring those numbers down in a relatively quick amount of time. Yeah. And, and so the concept that I would call what you did is uh, I have a, I have a leader I work with over in Kentucky and I think I've shared some stories maybe with you about, about her, but she runs all these convenience stores. And so her business is a lot like your business. It, it's on, it's open 24, seven, 365. It never goes to bed. And uh, she said, you know, what you got to do is get put an ACE in the right place. And uh, so that's kind of what I heard you say. So, and, and, you know, and, and the thing is, again, I think, you know, leaders need to understand is surrounding yourself with really great people. 
and giving them the tools uh, because you kind of alluded to the um, the definition. We started at our blog or our podcast with uh, the definition of leadership, and you know, yours was you know to, you know to inspire people and to take care of them and care about them, you know. And now at the end, you're you went back to kind of an academic place, which is the Center for Creative Leadership over in Greensboro, North Carolina. Says you got to give people direction. You got to get them aligned, meaning resourced, which I heard you say when you talked about budget, and then you just got to get a commitment out of people. And it sounds like you did that. You set a direction, got alignment, all the stuff in the right place, the budget, the person, the people were ready to commit. And once you get those three things together, it's like, it works. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I celebrate that. I celebrate that. Okay. So tell me, tell me what you're going to do with, uh, with your career and with your leadership in the future. Tell me what the future holds for you. So I've been doing this a really long time (laughs) and, uh, you know, it's probably time to, to, uh, not tomorrow, probably in the next couple of years, I'll look at a full retirement. So I retired once from Virginia. And so, Uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll end out probably end out my career here in Salisbury. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bet you you'll have something up your sleeve if I know you. Something you'll dip your toe into, provide some great uh, inspiration and care for. I don't people. know if it involves a beach or something. I might be okay. <laughs> Is that where you want to go? You want to go to the beach? Yeah, I think we'd like to go there. That sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic. Well, I am so grateful that you have been on my podcast, the Vibrant Leadership Podcast, and we have learned a lot from you today. And so check out the show notes where I'm going to mention some of the key things that Jerry shared with us and also maybe a few tools for your toolbox because he was talking about putting tools in your toolbox when he was talking about education and learning. So I'm going to put some tools as a download for you at the end of this podcast. So Jerry, thank you so much for being with us. We um, totally, again, we're, we're very grateful for your, your public service for all these many, many years. And thank you for being such a great leader. Ready to up your leadership game? Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team conference or organization to help them with her unique shine method to increase clarity accountability energy and results email speaking at vibrantcoaching.com and be sure to check out nicole's tedx talk at vibrantcoaching.com slash ted talk